0: After 40-plus years, the Skywalker saga is coming to an end with the release of Star Wars Episode IX, The Rise of Skywalker, which is going to hit theaters this Thursday evening. And you knew I was going to talk about Star Wars on the podcast this week anyway. I had Steve Wise, Jason Robbins, and Jonathan McIntosh join me for a really fun discussion about the Star Wars franchise. And it was so big that we had to split it into three separate parts. So you're getting not just one but three episodes of the Derek Diamond Experience this week. A trilogy, if you will. And for today's episode, we're going to be discussing the original trilogy, A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. We discuss some of our earliest memories from watching the original Star Wars film, favorite moments from the entire trilogy, and of course, we have to talk about the often polarizing special editions that were released in 1997, Were some of the changes good, Were they not so good or do they need to happen in the first place? We answer all those questions and more on this week's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, where you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to this very special edition of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. No, not the remastered podcast from the 90s like Star Wars, but we will be talking Star Wars. And I've got three amazing guests and fellow diehard Star Wars fans. we we'll first joining us via the technology of Telephone, the co-writer of Monsters Anonymous and pretty much the co-host of this podcast, Mr. Jason <laughs> Robbins. How's it going, my friend?
1: That's yeah, going really good. I'm so excited to talk about Star Trek. Let's do this, guys.
2: <laughs> I thought we were talking about Stargate. I've actually never oh, seen Stargate. Shoot.
0: Ice Station Zebra. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting across the table from me is the writer, director, and producer of Servy. Servi. Mr. Steve Wise, how are you?
2: I'm fine. Uh, it's this seems like a very comfortable chair here since uh, I've been here for you know what you three, three never, times the I, last uh, two months. You actually <laughs> never left.
0: That's I wake molded up, I, to him. I wake up in the morning and you know just come in to check my email and Steve just kind of <laughs> sitting there hanging out. Just so. kind
2: of you know sitting in front of the microphone waiting to go.
0: Yeah, you always have to be prepared to podcast. But also joining us, I believe this is officially your second time mm-hmm. on the podcast. A uh, local actor as well as a member of the 501st, Mr. Jonathan McIntosh. How are you, sir? Good, good. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. No, absolutely. So we're here to talk Star Wars, and we have to start from the very beginning. So, Jonathan, since you're the newest person to join us on the podcast, what is your first memory of Star Wars?
3: Oh, wow. Okay. For that, we're going to have to journey back to uh, 1977. I was four. And uh, I was visiting my aunt here in Pensacola. And we went to the old Cordova Theater and uh, took a look at it. The second, I stepped out. I wanted to go to Gafers and buy a lightsaber.
0: I remember both of those locations. So, is this the theater that's out that was outside the mall?
3: Right, right, where yeah. Chick Fil A is now. Yep. And uh, I was blown away by it. I, I just I couldn't get enough. I I remember. That specific day, but I can't remember how many times I saw it after that until it hit VHS, but I won't forget the first time I saw those, you know, letters crawling up the screen and it was just, uh, you know, Han Solo is who I wanted to be. I was I didn't want to be Luke Skywalker. I wanted to be Han Solo. All right. What about you, Steve?
2: Well, like Jonathan, uh, I will never forget the, the, day that I saw Star Wars for the first time, I was nine years old. And I was growing up in a small town in Michigan. And we had our local movie theater that was in a little strip mall. And of course, I had heard about Star Wars because at that time, a lot of movies opened in the big cities and then made their way across to smaller towns. So it wasn't like today where it opens in every single theater everywhere. And so we waited patiently for star Wars to come to Milford, to the Milford cinema. And my friends and I gathered together to go see it one evening. And the line was wrapped around the building. So it just, you know, the cinema had one screen in it and there were nine of us that went there that, that day all together as we waited in line for an hour, we got up to the box office and they said, we have nine seats left. Oh, wow. And for the first time I can recall, they actually had an usher that led us through. The movie had already started. And when I walked in through the door, the first thing I saw on the screen was when the droids were escaping in the pod mm-hmm. and you see kind of like the, the big circle of uh, as the, the pod was Dropping away from the screen, that was the first thing I saw, and I stopped in my tracks, and I lost my breath, and just stood there staring until the usher was like, "Come, come, come!" and <laughs> found a seat. Uh, my my best friend and I were able to sit next to each other, and I just stared at the screen enraptured for the rest of, of the movie. Uh, went back and saw it like six times that week. Just kept going <laughs> back, and going. it was only there for a week, you know, because until it moved on to another theater. Um, but it literally changed my life. I know, you know you're talking about, ah, oh, you're a little kid watching this movie. How could it have that much impact on you? But at that point, I knew that I wanted to make movies. I'd already, you know, growing you know as a little kid, even I w- was really into film and television. But at that point, I decided, no, that's what I want to do with my life, and that's what I pursued. Jason?
1: Uh, honestly, I don't really remember the first time I, I saw Star Wars, because I was uh, born three days after Star Wars was released in 1977, and um, I think my first viewing of it was on actually on network television. I do remember seeing it on television when I was a kid and became obsessed with it, and then um, my mom and dad took me to see Empire Strikes Back in the theater when I was three, and... I, had, I still have pictures from my third birthday where I had a uh, Star Wars-themed birthday party. And um, the really, the, the first time I remember seeing an actual Star Wars movie in the theater, like Vivid Memories, is Return of the Jedi. And I, like I said, I've pretty much been a, a lifelong Star Wars fan for as long as I can remember. So I don't really remember the first time I actually saw Star Wars, but I just remember it's always been there, like my entire life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I was born three years after Return of the Jedi came out, so I missed the entire theatrical run of the original trilogy. We're dealing with a child.
1: An <laughs> age or a maturity, or both? Well, if we're talking about maturity, I think, uh, <laughs> I think we all kind of qualify with yeah, that. Yeah, pretty, pretty much.
0: But I remember when I was five or six years old, I was at my uncle's house, and I noticed he had this box set. It was a black box, and I was like, what is this? And my uncle's like, that's Star Wars. And I said, what's that? So I put in the original VHS tape for the first, the original Star Wars, A New Hope. And it had a, almost like a behind-the-scenes featurette with George Lucas, where he would talk about the making of the film. I remember that. It was like maybe five or ten minutes long, mm-hmm. maybe 10 minutes but probably not even that long and I was hooked from the very beginning I just remember like you mentioned Steve the the shot that really stands out to me is I was hooked was when R2 and 3PO were shot out of the ship on the escape pod and just from there I was hooked and then after that I wanted to watch Empire and then I watched Jedi and then I just couldn't get enough Star Wars. Anything I, ha- sorry, anything Star Wars I had to have, I had the action figures. I had lightsaber replica. And then I remember seeing the commercials for the special editions. And my parents took me to see all three of them. And since then, I've just been hooked. Like Anything Star Wars I have to have. And it's easily my favorite fandom. And Jason, you know how much I love The Legend of Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> but But Star Wars trumps it easily like I just love everything about it I love the characters I love the stories all of it like I, I just can't get enough Star Wars even the
3: holiday special I've actually never <laughs> seen the holiday special oh it's oh, on YouTube oh
0: yo, yes I'm planning on oh, watching it it's, Christmas morning it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's special
1: it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it happened <laughs> I
2: actually remember seeing it when it aired really and at, at, you know I think I just turned ten, and thinking, what am I watching? <laughs> what, what is? How could they ruin something that badly? And just even as a kid, it was like this just doesn't yeah. make any sense. It, it just—it's terrible.
3: I think there's like twenty minutes where it's nothing but Wookiees having conversations with each other. Oh, well, it's yeah. it. Yeah, it's, and it's like about fifteen. minutes. No actually. subtitles. Nothing. It's just <laughs> back and forth. I've heard about that. Yeah, and
1: you're like. What's- Let's not discuss (laughs) (laughs) them. I um, I wanted to uh, ask you, Steve and Jonathan. I don't know if you guys are a few years older than me. So you may remember the first time that Star Wars was shown on network television. Mm -hmm. I have a a memory of before it was shown, they actually were like interviewing all these people uh, about Star Wars. And they were all these people were like, I've seen Star Wars a hundred and such, such times. And I was just like, wow you could watch a movie that many times. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember it was on network television. And for years I could swear that I, I actually saw this, the, the, the deleted scenes with bigs dark lighter. Uh,
2: I believe and, that they did put those in there for the, and
1: for I, the I was reading a few years ago that they actually did put those scenes in to the televised version at one point. So I, I guess my memory was sort of correct that I did see those scenes at one point.
2: Well, and it was nice having seen those too, because, um, you know, as a kid, I read the, the novel that, um, Alan Dean Foster ghost wrote under George Lucas's name. Uh And I also had the Marvel, the giant uh, comic book, which I still have actually. (laughs) (laughs) And those scenes are in both the book and the comic book. And I was kind of disappointed that, ah, you know, those weren't in the movie. And then being able to, when they finally did show Star Wars on TV, to have those scenes restored. They weren't great scenes, but it was kind of cool being able to to watch those. I
3: mean, it was nice to actually, you know, all those, uh, the action figures or the drawings of Luke with the binoculars and wearing that funky uh the leaving hat. the yeah the hat <laughs> the so, Gilligan hat <laughs> so yeah it was great to actually see him in that costume mm-hmm. and oh that's where that's from but
2: story wise i can understand why they cut that scene because you're just introduced to this character who with without any context and he's like oh he's on the planet he's watching the battle going on and who is this person who cares yeah. um you know you were introduced to biggs which Later on, at the end of the movie, when Biggs is, is you know brought back, there's obviously a, a connection there that we kind of missed. But, but the way that the theatrical cut is, when we're introduced to to Luke after experiencing the journey with the droids and getting captured by the Jawas, and then being sold, like okay, now we're introduced to Luke and his family. Yeah, it feels like a natural progression of the plot.
3: Yeah, and it was it was kind of fun to see. All the other kids that were hanging around him hmm yeah you know, yes it was one scene but I was like oh okay the original mall rats well from- it, it actually <laughs> felt
2: a little bit like American graffiti that George yeah. Lucas had just done so I was like yeah hey, there's a group of teenagers that are kind of palling around you know just kind of with you know aimlessly and, and that's what it kind of felt like but yeah it, it, it didn't really feel like it fit with the rest of the movie
0: though. Mm-hmm. yeah now, I remember when they finally released Star Wars the, the originals on DVD It was in 2004, and Hurricane Ivan had just happened here. And my parents' house was essentially running off a generator. We didn't have power for close to three weeks. My parents had to go to Crestview to get supplies, because everywhere else around our house was completely sold out. And when they got back, they had bought me the original trilogy on DVD. And we sat there that night, and we watched A New Hope. And getting to see, you know new behind the scenes featurettes seeing like finally seeing those deleted scenes that I had heard about for a long time was, was a
3: really cool thing. It, it was that the one where if you flip the disc over, you had the original cut of the movies, but that was a, the,
0: that was the second re-release,
2: yeah. which, which just talking on that note. Yeah. It, I have that on DVD and I was very disappointed that, you know, along with many other people, because they used a standard definition version of it, not just standard definition, but it was a four by three aspect ratio. So it wasn't even enhanced for a 16 by nine television. And so either you had to like zoom in and Mm -hmm. lose the quality or watch it in a little tiny box inside your television. And like, what is this? Well, if you have an old CRT television. (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But yeah, just going back and because I've been watching the films leading up to Rise of Skywalker, and I just watched Empire last night, and that's it's not just my favorite movie of the entire franchise, but it's just my favorite movie in general. That was the one that blew me away the most, you know, growing up because I loved Boba Fett, even though he didn't really do anything. <laughs> he didn't really do anything in Return of the Jedi either, besides getting right. eaten by the Sarlacc. But everybody loves him. But just and looking at it. Now that I'm older, and I have a different aspect of movies, to me it was dare I say the perfect sequel, because it took everything that worked from the original, and it added more depth to everything. Oh, absolutely! And, and yeah. you you introduced Yoda, and his introduction is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that you know when they brought him back in the Last Jedi he was the eccentric Yoda from Empire (laughs) and he wasn't the serious Yoda from the prequels. Right. Out of the original trilogy, what are some moments that stand out to you guys? It could be from any of the three movies.
2: Well, I I guess you'd have to be remiss not to bring up the twist in Empire. Yeah. Because, you know, I was what? uh, 12, I guess when, when that movie came out and going to see it in the theater and not knowing what to expect. And when Darth Vader says that he's Luke's father, spoiler alert, um, (laughs) I just, I mean, the feeling that I had, it it was like the bottom dropped out from underneath me. And when Luke screams, no, it can't be. I felt like that. It was like, no, he's lying. That cannot be possible. And I can remember my friends and I talking about that afterwards that it's like was he lying was it true but we're like well it kind of indicated the way that Luke was behaving with Leia that yeah that's that's true and we just we could not believe it and of course then we had to wait 3 years <laughs> to find out <laughs> if this was true or not you know more so than what happened to Han Solo the cliffhanger really was is darth vader truly luke's father Mm -hmm. and yeah for three years we debated that
3: (laughs) No, i I would say for me uh the first thing that jumped off the screen and was just the the first assault on the first death star
1: absolutely
3: yeah yeah the trench run i mean Mm -hmm. wow (laughs) all those i mean yes they've added more uh x-wings and y-wings in the special editions (laughs) oh we'll get to those (laughs) but just that the handful of you know x-wing fighters and uh the other vehicles that they scattered around in the in the very first print Mm -hmm. you know and you know now looking behind the scenes and seeing how they did it on that back lot with just you know uh a mishmash of model kits you know, strung together just to get that camera down the middle of that trench. Watching how that was made is so fascinating. Right? And and, yeah, so just watching that and learning that they had edited it, you know, from World War II aircraft footage and whatnot, I was, wow. (laughs) To
0: go off of that, because we can't mention Star Wars without mentioning John Williams, his score for that specific scene was awesome mm-hmm. just yes. almost like the you hear the military drums in the background as they're in space flying towards the death star that whole score that sequence from that moment until the death star explodes oh i is, still listen mm-hmm. to that
1: uh, uh religiously like that's in my regular playlist yeah that I've, entire I've,
3: I've got a friend uh, who has that specific track in their driving mix <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What about you, Jason?
1: Um, Well, of course, like the you know the the final battles of Return of the Jedi are still some of the uh, one of the greatest cinematic masterpieces ever put to film. You know, Mm -hmm. with the three battles going on simultaneously, with Mm -hmm. you know on Endor, the ground battle, you have uh, the the battle over the planet for uh, the, the you know they're going into the to destroy the Death Star, and then of course you got Luke and Vader fighting. And it's all at the same time, and just cutting back and forth between all three of those battles is still just mesmerizing. Like I, that isn't. I think we talked about this before, Steve, about how that is just like an editing nightmare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To put all that together is just amazing to me. My absolute favorite moment of the entire original trilogy is still when Luke and Vader are about to face off for the first time in Empire. And he says, uh, and I guess it's just James Earl Jones's delivery mixed with kind of the aesthetic of uh, Cloud City and everything. And he says, uh, um, the Force is with you, young Skywalker, but you are not a Jedi yet. And it's just that whole ominous like, yeah. oh, shit, it's about to go down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that shot of Luke and Vader as they ignite their sabers mm-hmm. in the carbon yeah. chamber is just one of the best shots of the entire trilogy.
1: I used to have an actual still of that that I cut out of the print for (laughs) uh, Empire Empire Strikes Back back in 97 when they did the re-release and I worked at the movie theater. (laughs) I went through the entire I was a projectionist and I went through the entire movie just so I could find a still shot of that. And and I clipped it out of the actual movie itself. and I kept (laughs) it in my wallet for years.
2: Well, you know, talking about the um, the end of Jedi, the what really makes the lightsaber fight memorable is that it's emotional it's not an yes. action scene per mm-hmm. se it it's just raw emotions and when um vader basically threatens luke with turning leia to the dark side and he responds by just you know <laughs> wailing on vader and ultimately cutting his hand off and then he realizes he can't do this, and I mean, just all that was heart wrenching. Well, you see him look at his hand, his mechanical mm-hmm. one, and he's like, "I'm turning
3: into him." Right. Yeah. Just when when I mean when Vader goes, "Sister," yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, oh, <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, mine's
0: a, a two parter. It's that when Vader says, "If you won't turn to the dark side, perhaps she, she will," and will. and Luke just <laughs> loses his mind. Yeah, but I think the number one for me is right after that when the emperor is electrocuting luke mm-hmm. with the with the force lightning and you see vader look down at luke then at the emperor and you're just like you know what you got to do <laughs> just throw him you know throw him down the reactor or whatever and then he ends up doing it mm-hmm. and i remember <clears throat> watching return of the jedi in the theaters when they released the special edition people still cheered that moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was great
1: that's no. it's the ultimate redemption moment. I mean, that's that's the moment that he became Anakin Skywalker again,
0: right? And then, as we've seen from Rise of Skywalker previews, it didn't get the job done, right? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs>
1: <clears throat>
0: I mean, I mean, Ian McDarvin was at celebration when they unveiled the trip, which yeah. was I don't know if you guys watched that live. Mm-hmm. I did, but it was great. I was at. We had a, a baseball game that day but i was like i'm watching this trailer when it comes out and when i heard his laugh at the end i just literally yelled holy you know what <laughs> well
3: see that that was that was one thing but then when he stepped out on stage and said roll, roll it, it again, again. <laughs> <I'm> like what <laughs> and that building lost its mind
0: it was awesome but there's so many great moments you know i, I can think of god there are so many well, there's, I mean, you got the Tauntauns.
2: Yeah, you know, I
3: thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just if you break it down, there were iconic sequences pretty much uh, every thirty minutes. You know, yeah, yeah, you had the. Uh, uh, let me th- from the first movie, uh, just looking at the Jawas, mm-hmm. like what. <laughs> Then you move to uh, the burning of the Lars homestead. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is getting a little dark here. What's going on? And then, of course, you know, the joke that will forever be there you know, only Imperial stormtroopers could be so precise. (laughs) Really?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And
3: and then, of course, the cantina scene. Oh yeah, one of my favorites. The, the
2: canteen scene probably is the scene that stuck with me the most from the first time I saw it because it was just so unusual and different from what anything that you'd ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And just and the music was so different too even though it was John Williams score. It was cantina music, mm-hmm. and we we see the aliens that are playing the <laughs> the music.
1: Well, I don't know if you guys um, listen to uh, like Joe Rogan or anything like that, but uh, Rick Baker uh, has been doing a lot of um, podcasts because he's got a book coming out. Oh, really? And um, a lot of those masks that were used in the cantina scene were Rick Baker creations. Interesting. Um, just just masks that he just made and had around his shop because. Oh right when they were putting the cantina scene together, you know, most of that, like all that stuff that was shot with all the aliens was shot in Los Angeles, but all the other stuff was filmed in uh, Tunisia. Mm -hmm. Which explains to make it look so similar that it was (laughs) seamless,
2: which explains a werewolf and a devil. being (laughs) Yeah.
0: Which were removed in the special editions. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I can understand because Lucas didn't, you know, he he didn't really care for the the masks because they look like masks, mm-hmm. um, and he wanted more alien-looking creatures, um, but it kind of takes away the charm, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about
0: the special editions. Do we have to? Sure. <laughs> the show is all things Star Wars, Steve. clunky. <laughs> I saw that for the first time uh, the other night when I watched <laughs> A New Hope, and I literally said, what did I just see? <laughs> Like, why? Why do you keep changing it?
3: Because he can.
0: Well, you know, it's the drug that George Lucas cannot quit.
2: But the thing is that he was retooling A New Hope before it was A New Hope. You know, I mean, from, from the word go, he was changing things. And because I can remember actually seeing Empire Strikes Back and it said episode five. Episode 5, what happened to 2, 3, and 4? He's like, are they just skipping over a bunch of the story? Well, then they re-released... 4. Yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah. And here's Episode 4. And I'm thinking, am I losing my mind? I don't remember. I'd seen this film you know, countless times. I don't remember that ever being there. Yeah, that's because... He went back and changed it for the re-release, the initial theatrical re-release back in, you know, 1980 or 81, whatever it was that he did that.
3: Yeah. One of the most frustrating things that I would get every time he would be interviewed is, oh, it's a this is just the the middle part of a, a much bigger saga. And I might go back and, you know, do the first couple of chapters. And then I think after Revenge of the Sith was out, he said, I'm done. That That's it. That's the end of the story. And I was like, but wait a second. You said that there was nine parts. So where are the other three? The Journal of the Wills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: even um, when I was a kid, I, I actually still have it, my um, vinyl soundtrack for Empire Strikes Back. And, then, uh, you know, the, there's a look, like, like kind of a... a almost like a booklet inside the, the, the fold of it. And it's even said in there when it was released back in 1980, that it, uh, George Lucas planned a nine part mm-hmm. series, which and I was I, like, well, where are they all at?
2: Yeah. I never thought that I would actually see it. And here episode nine is coming right. out. <laughs> yeah, it's insane.
0: Whether George Lucas wants it or not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's
3: having fun swimming in his safe full of money right now. Uh-huh. But, you, but, you know, I mean, John Favreau's gone to him for a few things. J.J. said he, you know, talked to Lucas about episode nine. So as much as he might want to get away, they keep pulling him back in. Just when I think I'm out, yes. they pull me back in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there was all that talk about his little change in Solo. You know, when uh, they're on the oh, ship yeah. and the the closet scene where... Han's looking at all the capes. Mm-hmm. You know, That was all George Lucas right there. <laughs> all courtesy of Uncle George.
0: My thing, I don't have as much disdain for the special editions, though growing, going back and watching them, a lot of the changes don't look that great because you mm-hmm. had all this advancement with computer technology, and George Lucas is obviously a huge fan of that, being that most of the prequels were shot on a soundstage, right. or at least most of episode 3 was going back and watching them especially when you see the shot where the camera pulls out and you see all of most Eisley and you see all these mm-hmm. various creatures and everything they just look so fake yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. compared to well, the live action characters
1: the only thing i do like about the special editions was what they did to the final battle the the battle of yavin all the uh mm-hmm. the new stuff that they did with it just to make it look so much better yeah but everything else i'm just like uh, especially like the Jabba thing adding the Jabba scene back in where steps on Jabba's tail i'm just like yeah. as soon as i saw yeah. that in the theater people were laughing but, and i was just like oh that looks so bad did yeah. you
3: ever see the original Jabba mm-hmm. before he yes. was the slug Okay, so that scene where he steps over Jabba's tail, I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. But I love, yes, we all love the original cuts of all the movies, but I have to say that I love the special editions editions just as much. Okay, some of the effects are already way outdated. Yeah. But... I appreciated the fact that he wanted to expand upon the story in small parts here and there. I mean, okay, some of the effects weren't needed, but I appreciated him giving us a little bit, you know, new stuff. To I guess it was hit one of his ways of warranting, okay, I know you want to buy all three movies again. <laughs> and people will do it. Yeah. So, I mean... I wasn't one. I mean, I still have one set of VHS tapes. I have one set of DVDs, and I have my what I previously thought was the complete saga on Blu-ray. Little did you know, you don't <laughs> yeah. want to know how many copies I have. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's going to be a while before I reinvest. I mean, I have the you know the two from this current trilogy uh, individually, mm-hmm. but you know it's going to be a while before i do another box set but but the fact is is that i appreciated that with each re-release we got a little bit of something mm-hmm. new uh i mean and this is going to be debated but i actually like the newer end of return of the jedi where uh, they got rid of the ewok musical number yeah that john, that yes. john williams <laughs> don't, don't. piece of music I have on my phone, and yep. I play it a lot because I just, I, I loved it. You know, it, it suited the Force ghosts appearing mm-hmm. uh, much better. Uh, it was just, and seeing what happened at, on Tatooine and Cloud City, mm-hmm. and even that was like our Coruscant. first glimpse of Coruscant. Yep. So, yes, those, it was I, worth
2: it. I agree with you on that because, I am um, now, the original... Chump Chump song was uh yep, was nope. fun, you know, but um it was a little bit too Disney-ish, you know, mm, as yes. far as just too happy and and you know, while, while the Ewoks were banging on the helmets of the dead stormtroopers of the killed. Um where like like you said, the new music was a little bit more somber. I mean, it was still was celebration, but it it didn't feel, I mean, it felt more epic than just, okay, we're just in a little forest here Mm -hmm. and yay. Um, And seeing Coruscant was kind of cool because we'd heard about it and now, oh, it's a real thing. It's now actual canon, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, something that,
0: and you see the statue of the emperor fall. Yes. Yeah.
1: I like that ending so much better, uh, especially with that new piece of music. The only part, I didn't like of return of the Jedi, the special edition was when they changed the whole max Rebo band sequence. Oh, the Jedi rocks. Yeah. I didn't (laughs) like the new song. I liked the old version because it's so alien and weird. Yeah. I'll give you that one.
2: Yeah. The, the pop singer. eh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I just didn't dig that at all.
2: Well, when I first um, heard that they were doing the special editions, I was all, all for it. And, it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. Um, and the main reason why I was on board, especially with the redoing special effects, was having watched the movies on VHS for so long, oh, man, the VHS copies were were horrible. And you could see all the map boxes around the, spa- the spaceships. And yeah, so, you know, people who were younger than me that had not seen it in the theater, that's what they thought it looked like. And like, that's not what it looked like in the movie theater. <laughs> and, you know, it was just the the, the poor contrast ratio and, and the um, transfer to video. It just, the special effects were really awful. And it just was painful to watch it every time. I watched it a lot, but <laughs> it was just it was heartbreaking to see how bad the special effects transferred to video. Yep. And so I was kind of happy that, okay, maybe we'll have really good effects. And there were a couple times in the movie that Lucas did not change the effects. Like there was a shot of the the Death Star that was really grainy. Like, why didn't you change that? Of all the shots that you could have changed, that was one that absolutely needed to be changed. Um, and the, the CGI uh, X-Wings at the end mm-hmm. looked good, and they still look yeah, pretty good. Yeah. The biggest... Problem I have though, in general, is that was Oscar winning effects. We no longer have the opportunity to see the Oscar winning effects. And there was so much that was changed that they just CGI'd over that takes away from the artistry from the original filmmakers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh,
3: another change that I actually appreciated. (laughs) was Cloud City. Yes, yes. it looked much mm-hmm. better. Going from the the white walls to, wow, we can actually see outside now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have the shots of the, when the
0: Falcon's landing, you actually see quite a bit of Cloud oh, City. Oh, yes.
2: Well, even when I saw it for the first time in the theater... I felt like the, the flying sequences in Cloud City looked really bad. I mean, it, you could see matte lines around the, the ships, and it's just it, everything looked flat, and it didn't feel like there was any dimension there. It just looked like a matte painting. And um, the CGI was a vast improvement over that. I
0: think out of the three movies, the ones that I have the least issue with, as far as changes go, was an empire. Because they also added full body shots of the Wampa, mm-hmm. because in the original version, all you see is the head and the arm. And also, they went back and replaced the original actor who played the Emperor yes. with Ian McDiarmid, which yes. I thought was a good Clive idea. Clive Revel. Yeah, Clive Revel, yeah. Yeah.
2: Which, I mean, yes, uh, for continuity's sake, I, I agree with that, but... Yeah, like, eh, you know, poor Clive Revel gets cut out of the movie. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> no,
1: okay. it was so weird looking because they like didn't they mix his face with like monkey's eyes or something like that?
2: I remember
0: hearing I about know. that story. I don't know if it's yeah, true, I like, but I remember reading about it.
2: I thought they just put some bad um, contacts
3: or something. Well, it's like his brow
2: ridge had you know, he yeah. looked like a bad Romulan or something.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, what well, you were saying about the uh, Oscar-winning effects for like mm-hmm. the the Death Star run in the first yeah. one, they didn't really touch the AT-AT walker uh, attack in the second no, one. No, they then. didn't at all. So it was still in the stop motion. Yeah, the only yeah.
1: thing they did for that was go in and digitally take out the the thick black matte lines around everything um, from the original movie because that that was actually. You know, very risky technically back then because, you know, they would have to, to do the effects. They'd have to layer, you know, layers of film over one another. So you would see like uh, there were if you slowed it down, you could see like if you're in the cockpit of the the, um, the, the sand uh, or the snow snow speeder, you could actually see through. Like the metal bars, like you could see the 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 ATATs in the background. So they would go back. They went back and they like just cleaned all that up. Which but they didn't really change anything. That's an
2: appropriate yep, thing right. to do for special editions. We've cleaned up the fact we're not taking away from the work that people had already put into it. We're just going to improve it and and make it cleaner and more appealing. You know, changing content that's a different story. Um, yeah. and and in, in theory, like what they did with Moss Eisley in a new hope, um, I'm not opposed to that because that doesn't change the the story. it just enhances that scene. However, looking at it again, you know, like you have the um, you know one of the the beasts but throwing a Jawa down yeah. and it's like uh, do we really need a joke right here? Yeah and Lucas has a really bad, um, habit of throwing in inappropriate humor and it's like that's not the place for a joke you know just it yeah didn't belong
3: just, oh it's just like luke tossing the lightsaber <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll,
3: that's
0: we'll, a different story <laughs> we'll, we'll get to those well another change i remember from a new hope was they added the scene when the stormtroopers land and they find the escape pod that r2 mm, and 3p are yeah. and they
3: added the additional do backs yeah yes. which was great yeah well, I mean, because the original was just a cardboard cutout, I think. And is that what it was? Yeah, I can't remember if that. I, but I, it was just a, a flat image in the background. Well, and
0: the one I'm next to I'm the mistaken. cantina was some type of a puppet, because I remember seeing a feature with somebody who was just like barely moving the head. Because if you mm. go back and watch the original, you see it just barely move as they're mm. walking into the cantina. now it's fully animated.
3: Right, and, and so yeah, those were all warranted. Uh I can I can remember uh when they were talking about oh yeah, we just uh hired a, a bunch of guys, put on some stormtrooper outfits and went out there and just got a couple of extra shots. Like, mm-hmm. gosh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there's one change we haven't mentioned and I want to get everybody's thoughts on it. The thought of going back and adding in Hayden Christensen as the ghost of Anakin.
2: <sighs> yeah. I, I'm I'm I understand it. Um, It's not that it's morally reprehensible, but um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the context of things because why is Ben old? Why do they still have Alec Guinness there instead of changing him to Ewan McGregor? McGregor? Um, You know, if that was what Anakin... When, you know, when he truly died before he became Vader, that was his image. Then that kind of discounts the ending after Luke takes his helmet off and he says, let me look upon you with my own eyes. And then he, isn't that what Anakin is? Um, and, and of course you can argue, well, he had his limbs cut off and was burned before he became old. So why does he look Old and you know, but healthy um, as it goes. So I mean, there, there's just a lot of problems. No matter but what with, you but with, of. but with
3: Ben, obviously he didn't. He was good for his entire life. So yeah, I mean, I can I can see that's justified. But with the Anakin, it's definitely okay if you're only supposed to be a projection of what you were the last time you were on the right side of the force, <laughs> then. Yeah, Sebastian Shaw should yeah. still be what's presented.
1: But, uh, also, at the same time, if you look at the timeline of everything, really, Vader, Darth Vader Darth slash Vader/ Anakin Skywalker is really only about 42, 43 years old when he dies. <laughs> and Sebastian Shaw is like 65.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: I'm 42. And I don't look as old as Sebastian <laughs> Shaw did at the end of Return of the Jedi, so well, I kind of tru- get it. And
2: truthfully, shouldn't Sebastian Shaw be missing his legs and arms and be all burned up then, too?
1: <laughs> True.
0: <laughs> you make a fair point, Steve. <laughs> I remember reading about that change, and I'm, I was just like,
2: Why? Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I I can understand the reasoning behind it. I don't know if it's terribly successful, but I accept it.
1: And, you know, that's another thing is like Obi-Wan and A New Hope looks like he's about 70. But <laughs> you look at the timeline of everything, he's really only about 55. So yeah, he was I 65
3: guess, in reality
1: guess, when he shot it. Yeah. I, get, I guess he was not moisturizing enough <laughs> on Tatooine.
3: It, it's the sand. It gets everywhere. (laughs) It gets everywhere. God, that line was so
1: bad.
0: Uh, uh. Uh, I guess on that note, we can move to the prequels. (laughs) Well, does anybody have any... I'm
1: going to go ahead and get out of here. uh...
0: (laughs) Well, before we do, does anybody have any other thoughts on the original trilogy they want to throw out there? Hmm.
1: I hope that Disney actually gets the rights to be able to put the original theatrical... Versions on Disney Plus. If they do, I will be a happy boy. Well, I
3: think they might have a, a you know a hard line to the studio that released it. So yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah.
1: Well, see, the thing is, I don't care what changes. If George Lucas wants to go back and change every damn thing, I don't care. As long as I still have the original theatrical yeah. cut that, that's available to yeah.
2: me. Yeah, yeah. It's and you would think that they would want to do that just for money because mm-hmm. how many people are going to go out and buy that immediately? I mean, yeah, they can make a fortune on it, and they don't have to do anything. Just take the the prints. And- well,
3: okay. Here, here's one other thing. Do you guys remember the failed attempt at uh, rebooting all the movies in 3D?
1: Yes. Yes. They, oh
0: yeah, they released Episode One, and yes. they were
3: going to do. They were planning on more, but one, you know, Episode One didn't get the didn't. traction that they were mm-hmm. hoping for. They should have started with Chapter Four.
2: <laughs> yeah well my final thoughts on the original trilogy is that i'm glad that i'm i was alive to see them and derek i feel so sorry for you (laughs) (laughs) because well the 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 reason is, is because i got to experience at the right age and because i literally was the target audience for for star wars and Growing up with it, and in you know getting older, and in having Empire Strikes Back be a little bit more mature and be a little bit more in depth, and then you know Return of the Jedi bringing everything together, and having feeling because you know I was 14, 15 years old when that came out, and just you know experiencing that, and in experiencing, like I said before, that weight between the movies, that mm-hmm. you know that anticipation of what's going to happen? I've got to wait for all these years to do you know? and But yet I was still young enough to appreciate it and not be, you know, okay, I'm cynical now. I'm too old for you know, all this. Um, and, you know, but yet by the time the prequels came out, like I still enjoyed them and was still able to, to get into it, but from a different perspective.
3: Yeah. I mean, I remember where I was when I went to see each one of the original movies. Mm hmm. You know, just like, where were you when Kennedy was shot? Mm-hmm. Or when the towers fell? I remember what theater I was going to. I remember who I saw it with. I remember the long line and how long it took to get in there. And yes, the three years. Oh, my god, <laughs> Why? Now we understand.
2: And, you know, with, with the current releases, I think one of the negatives with the just being bombarded with Star Wars over the last several years, despite the fact that I have enjoyed every single one of the releases, um, you lose that—that that, exactly that anticipation, the magic of it makes I'm you want to see it more. Waiting, very, you know, with with you know, on pins and needles, waiting to see what's going to happen next, mm. and it's like, eh, you know, when every year there's new Star Wars coming out, and now you know we've got TV shows and whatnot like, eh, it kind of loses a little bit of that, that magic. Right.
0: Well, to go off on what you were saying, you know, it's like that age-old question, if you could go back in time and do just like a few certain things, what would they be? If I had Marty McFly's DeLorean, I would go back in time to the opening day of the original Star Wars just to go see it in a theater, because I, I can't imagine, like, I would know, but I would want to sit there and think these people have no idea the magic that's about to unfold. Mm -hmm. Because that's what it is. Like, that's what those movies are to
3: me. Have you ever seen the original trailer for Star Wars? (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) It's rough. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Star Wars.
2: It's good stuff. A tale of a boy, (laughs) a girl, and a galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) What?
3: (laughs) Well, you know, that was just... They didn't know how to market it. Exactly. (laughs) It's a space western, maybe. That's
0: that's the Mandalorian. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to the Mandalorian. And that's where part one of our Star Wars discussion will end. Be sure to come back tomorrow for part two as we discuss the prequel trilogy, The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. A lot of people have very fond memories of the prequels. Others... Not so much. You'll get to hear about all of that on tomorrow's episode. But if you want to check out past episodes of the podcast, you can find me on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. And don't forget to leave a review. If you want to find me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at podcast. And thank you to both the Unicorn Wranglers and Figrin Don and the Model Nodes for providing the music for today's episode. And I think that's going to do it. Be sure to come back tomorrow. Thank you to Steve, Jason, and Jonathan for this epic discussion that you'll be hearing over the next couple of days. Enjoy the rest of your day. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here tomorrow for more Star Wars.
3: Smell bad. On the outside.